every time I do that, something new happens. So I don't know if you'll see it or not, but it was happening with me yesterday. And I tell you, I'm just really enjoying this book again. So last time, the introduction, we talked about 350 years of the cycle between decadence, uh, almost destruction, and then uh, the Lord comes in and, and rescues them. But none of those rescues produced a spiritual renew renewal in, in, uh, in Israel. But this story is evidence that God always has a remnant of believers, people who are faithful to him. We don't know exactly when this took place uh, during the time of the judges, um, and yet it feels to me like it must have been towards the end of that time getting ready for, uh, for Samuel, who was both a prophet and also the last judge. So let's read together in the uh, book of Ruth. I'll start in verse 6. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each of you to her mother's house, and may the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and, and wept. And they said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way. For I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter for me, for your sake, that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there, will, there I will be buried. And may the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said, No more. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women said, Is this Naomi? And she said to them, Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara. For the Lord has dealt very bitterly with me. And I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has, sought, has brought calamity upon me? 
So Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, who returned from the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Blessed Lord, dear Jesus, Savior, Redeemer, fill us with your words. Fill us with truth. Change us, Lord. And let us worship you today. In your great name, amen. So we talked about their, the beginning of their tour, and now we find that they're actually on their way. Uh, I think that Naomi felt responsible for her two daughters-in-law. Um, they had been married to her sons for 10 years, and they were living in her, as a part of her household. Um, and you can see from the text how they loved each other. They really loved each other. They were, I will say, just, in quotation points, uh, marks, in-laws, but they had become true family. Betty and I have been blessed with our in-laws, um, two daughters-in-law and a son-in-law, and they are family, and this is what happened. This is what happened in Moab to uh, Naomi's family. These two daughters-in-law became her own. And Naomi planned and perhaps even assumed that they would go back with her. But then along the way, it seems that um, perhaps Naomi began to think that maybe going to Bethlehem was not the best thing for them. You know she wanted them. You could see it from the text and how they were crying and, and, and hugging each other and all of those things. Um, but what are the prospects for them in Bethlehem? Two foreign Moabite widows who had been married for 10 years going back to Bethlehem. There was nothing there. And especially being from Moab. Moab was a traditional enemy of Israel. And there was a lot of animosity that, that flowed back and forth. And Israel at that time was a, a racist nation. So Naomi, as she was thinking about this, and they were on the road already. And she said, you know, you, you better go back. And, you know, it was really interesting for me to see how much they clung to her. They didn't want to go. They wanted to be with her. Two women, born and raised in Moab, grew up worshiping false gods. But after living in Naomi's house, they didn't want to be separated from her. They ended up loving her. They ended up wanting to care for her. And they wanted that more than their own family. Why? Why would that be? It was because they had already separated themselves from the ways and worship of Moab. The ways of Moab were behind them. And the ways of the one true God had become part of them. Naomi probably didn't know this when she went there. Maybe she didn't even know it while it was happening. 
But she and Elimelech, her husband, and her two sons, they were there. They were on a mission from God. They were on a mission to bring the true faith in the one true God to these two women and maybe even others in their community. And even in the midst of unimaginable tragedy, Ruth and I think Orpah, they both got it. They got it. Otherwise, why would both of them not wanted to be separated from them? But Naomi, she had to tell them the truth. The truth is, there's nothing going to happen good for you in Bethlehem, just showing up where there's more food. It's going to be hard enough for me, a widow alone, much less three of us. And then she went on to make an oblique reference to what is theologians call leveret marriage. If you haven't heard of that, the word leveret comes from a Latin word which means brother's husband. When a woman dies, or I'm sorry, when a husband dies and leaves the woman a widow and there are no children, the law required that the husband's brother, the next oldest brother, was to take that widow into his home and care for her and raise up children through her, not to be his children, but to be her dead brother's children so that they can preserve the inheritance and preserve the brother's name. It was a law. And God did, did this first and foremost to protect the widows of Israel so that they would not perish. And then there were the other things too. Every holding that that dead brother had would be held in reserve along with the land and anything else he owned for the heirs. But the sad truth was that Naomi was too old. And there were going to be no more husbands and no more sons for her. And that's why from her point of view, there was nothing awaiting them in, in Bethlehem. This was a turning point. You know what that's like, right? We've all been there. Sometimes we call it a crossroads. Sometimes we call it a fork in the road. Do I go right or do I go left? Do I go forward? Do I turn back? And maybe those, and maybe those paths look really different. Maybe one looks really good. Or maybe it just looks easy and comfortable. Yeah. That's what I want. I want to be comfortable. I am addicted to my own comfort. Aren't you? Come on, tell me the truth. You can just nod your head. You don't have to raise your hand. Wow, a lot of heads not nodding. What's up with that? I am addicted to comfort, and I really want it easy. But let's face it. Do I really want it easy? Is that really what I want? If easy means no challenge, The fact is, I will probably get bored. And then I will end up hating the easy road that I have chosen. So, honestly, there's something messed up inside of me. The one that wants easy and comfortable, and then the one that's going to hate it later. 
And maybe some of you identify with that, but the real question is not about easy. It's not about challenging. It is what is right. Not what is right for me at the moment that I think what I want, I know what I want. No. It is which one of those roads is God's way and not mine. That's the real question at every crossroad, every fork in the road, every turning point. It needs to be always what does God want? What is right? Finally, after the crying and the wailing and the hugging and all of those things that we do when we're really saying goodbye, probably not going to see each other again. Orpah did turn back. And Naomi said she believed that she was returning to her false gods. Now, in fact, there is some validity in that thought process because in those days, gods were considered regional. So Moab had their gods, and Assyria had their gods, Israel had their one true god. So it was natural for her to be thinking that. But my question is, did Naomi and Elimelech start worshiping the gods of of Moab when they went there? No. They obviously remained true to the one true God, the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one that all along the way proven that he is the creator, almighty God. And they had remained true to him. And they shared him with their daughters-in-law. And who else? I don't know. God had called Ruth to Bethlehem with Naomi. It was part of his plan of redemption, not only for Ruth and for Naomi, but for all of us. And we'll see that unfold through this book. It is part of his redemption. He sent them to Moab on a mission to get the woman who was going to be, um, and that Ruth, to be saved and then brought back to Bethlehem because God had a really big plan. Fact is, we don't know. Did Orpah necessarily go back to false worship? Did she chuck the faith that she had out the window? We don't really know. But as I was pondering this, I was thinking about in Mark chapter 5, Jesus and his disciples went across the Sea of Galilee. And there they, they met a demon-possessed guy who was really bad news. As a matter of fact, he asked the demon what his name was, and he said, Legion, because we are many. I mean, he was just overcome with demon possession. And Jesus cast them out, spent the day with him, a bunch of other stuff happened, and when Jesus was going to go back, this man begged him, take me with you. He wanted to be a disciple. But Jesus said this great thing. Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. 
Jesus sent that guy on a mission. And he didn't stop there. Verse 20 of that same chapter says that he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and everyone marveled. Decapolis, ten cities. They were kind of close to each other, but they were different cities. Ten of them. And he went to all of them. God can use us for his purposes anywhere and everywhere we go. And we really don't need much training. You know, that guy had one day of training. And he went on a mission. And people marveled. Orpah had 10 years of training. We at least have to leave the door open to the possibility that Orpah may have returned home with her own mission. But not for Ruth. God's plan for Ruth was already established and her mind was made up. She would stay with Naomi no matter what. Don't urge me anymore. Don't send me away. I'm not going to leave. And finally she made this great statement. It is a statement of commitment and it is a statement of faith. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. By the way, I read this week that in the original language, the Hebrew, it shall be, is actually the word are. It is now. Your people are my people. Already. And that's not going to be taken away. And your God is my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me. And more also, if anything but death parts me from you. That last part is an oath, a promise. One that is invoked before God. Do you think she was serious? Do you think she was serious about Naomi? You bet. Do you think she was serious about the things of God, God's ways? Absolutely. And here's the thing. Ruth's faith was given to her by God through a faithful woman, her mother-in-law. But you know, at this moment, Naomi's faith was stretched, even to the point of blaming God. The hand of the Lord has gone out against me, in verse 13. 21, I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. But I get it. And you probably do too. Sometimes things have just been so wrong for so long that we've gotten through. We just end up, why are you doing this to me? What have I done to deserve this? Will things never turn around for me? Well, I am here to tell you that that is not how God works. I cannot explain all the bad things that happen to good people or Christian people. I can't explain that. I can just tell you that it does. And some people seem to have a much harder time than others. But that is not God's way. That is the way of the world, the way of life. Stuff happens. Some of it's really awful. 
But the interesting thing here is that not one time in this book does Ruth appear to question. She remains faithful and true throughout the whole book. No evidence that she ever doubted. And I can't help believing that part of Naomi's redemption was a steadfast daughter-in-law who never let go. And you know what? We can do that for each other. I have gone through, through some terrible times. Most of you don't even know about them. But my wife, my children, they've stood by. They've been part of that with me. Times when we couldn't explain what was happening. And that is what we can be one for another. Some of you probably need somebody. And maybe the rest of us don't know. Ask. And we will be Ruth to your Naomi. Father, what a fantastic lesson today, Lord. What a fantastic reality that even when the faith giver was stretched and discouraged, the faith receiver, the one who got it from her mission, she remained strong and she remained caring and she did what needed to be done to hold her up. Thank you, blessed God, for all of your ways of truth and all of your ways of ministry right into our very souls. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. I'm working on it. One, two, three, four. I can count the broken roads I've been down, but all I know, something had to give, something had to give, cause living my life so wild and free, finally caught up, oh it's let me broken, let me go glad, and that's where I met Jesus. Then one moment everything came, knew I was, God washed away. When mercy found me, my Savior's arms are open wide, and I fell love for the very first time. When
great I am. 